0: Good morning and blessings to all of you listening today and happy Mother's Day. I am Laura, pastor of First Christian Church Disciples of Christ in Anniston, Alabama, and this is my podcast, Love God and Your Neighbor. If you've been worshiping with us for the last couple of months, you will notice a change in the format of today's service. I don't know about you, but I am starting to find that worshiping in a vacuum without the physical presence of my fellow Christians is getting harder and harder. And so, for my own sanity and hopefully for your spiritual edification, we're changing things up. How does more singing and less talking sound to you? Personally, I think that anything that limits the sound of my voice is great. My only regret is that I can't hear you all singing there at home. Now, I want to welcome Joe Medley, um, who will be our liturgist today, so you will be hearing even less of my voice, and we have added a new one, and so welcome, Joe. A couple of housekeeping details before we get started. The words to the hymns are found at the bottom of your Friday reminders that Judy sent out the day before yesterday, so go ahead and pull up that email so you have the music ready to go. In addition to the hymns, Judy also includes activities for the children that are based on the theme of today's scripture. Text me if you have my number or contact us through our website, www.fccanniston.org, www.fccanniston.org, if you would like to receive the email with the hymns next week. Also, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together today, so go ahead and get your bread and cup ready and light a candle to represent the light of Christ there with you as you worship. And finally, I would like to encourage you to please make a donation to First Christian Church today. These are hard times for churches and nonprofits, and every donation is a huge help in keeping us going. There are two ways that you can give right now. You can send us a check to 1327 Leighton Avenue, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N Avenue, Anniston, A-N-N-I-S-T-O-N, Alabama, 36207. Or you can donate through PayPal on our website, www.fccanniston.org. Scroll down to the bottom of our homepage and click the Donate Now button. PayPal is your only digital giving option at this time as the credit card service we've been using is experiencing some difficulty. And so once you've gotten all of that taken care of, let us worship together. We will start with hymn number four in our hymnal, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And now let us sing hymn number five, O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing.
1: Today's scripture comes from John chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. My strength and my redeemer. Amen. A minister colleague of mine said last week that the coronavirus had hijacked worship in every way, even the sermons, and boy has it. The most obvious way that it's been hijacked is that we cannot worship together in person and probably won't be able to, at least in the same way we were used to before for a very long time. Another way is that our sermons have all, in one way or another, come back to the virus and the pandemic since this all started. But that's because we are always interpreting Scripture within our own context that we are in when we read it. And right now, the most obvious part of our context is the pandemic. My New Testament professor, Dr. Wilson, told us that reading the Bible is always a three-way conversation between the writer, the Holy Spirit, and the reader. One part of the conversation never changes, and that's the voice of the writer. One part of the conversation always changes, and that's yours, the reader's, and the Holy Spirit acts as the bridge, both meeting us where we are at all times and interpreting God's will for us in the original words that were written. That's why all of our sermons come back to the coronavirus these days. That is our situation, and God is speaking to us out of eternity and into the present context. Right now, our context consists of extreme change for every human being on the planet. Stress, worry, anxiety, depression, isolation and loneliness, frustration, fear, and for many, financial needs, hunger, and unemployment. And our scripture today says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places, If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. Throughout my life, no matter what I've been going through, this passage has been a breath of fresh air, filling my gasping lungs with life-giving, sweet-smelling air. When my uncle passed away, Around nine years ago, I offered to preach his eulogy. He had taken his own life under very difficult circumstances, and I had no idea what to say. I didn't want to just say comforting words that weren't true. I wanted the message to be true to God's will and comforting to all of us who loved him. But I was at a loss. The times were, well, to be frank, troubling. So once again, I picked up my Bible and opened it to start finding God's inspiration. And though it had never happened to me before, this time when I opened the pages of that holy book, it opened to this passage. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. Oh, the relief I felt to read those words in that moment of my life. I felt that God had given them just to me to let me know that my uncle was at home in heaven and that there was indeed good news in such a bleak time. And now, in this time, we hear them again, and we can rest in the knowledge that Jesus is taking care of us. For those of us who have lost loved ones recently, especially to this dreaded virus, we can picture them in heaven, in God's house, taken there by Jesus, who had personally and lovingly prepared their place just for them. And for those of us who are still here, struggling with the world as it is now, We are told that Jesus goes ahead of us, prepares the way for us, and is with us. Where I am, there you may be also. A few weeks ago, when I posted on Facebook that I was feeling anxious for the first time in all of this, my friend Julie passed on the message from her devotion that day. She said, remember that God is already on the other side of this. He knows how it plays out. He is protecting you, and he already knows all of those anxieties. Let him have them. Well, Julie was right, as the devotion that she'd heard was right. We know it's true because we see it in God's word here in today's text and in other places as well. It's difficult to know what to do with all of the things that are happening in our world today. We have trouble knowing how to wrap our minds around the longevity of the pandemic, the magnitude of its effect and how it's going to influence our lives for many years to come. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm living out the predictions of all of the post apocalyptic stories that I've been so obsessed with all these years. For many weeks, it has felt like fiction. And I believe that the day that my anxiety hit was the day my brain began to realize that this was not fiction after all. It is very, very real. It's certainly enough to trouble your heart, right? Well, our disciples in this scripture passage were troubled because they had been told that their world, their understanding of how the world would be and their role in the world was about to change immeasurably. And none of what they were hearing lined up with what their expectations had been in any way. From what they were hearing, Jesus was going to leave them, and Jesus was going to a place they had never been, and a place where they could not follow until Jesus came for them. Troubling. They were being told that one of them was going to betray Jesus, that one of them was going to deny Jesus, and that all of them were going to abandon Jesus. Troubling. They were being told that they would experience persecution in Jesus' name. Troubling. And Jesus was going on and on about the fact that he was in the Father and the Father was in him and no one could get to the Father except through him and that he was going away and that they would be able to perform the same kinds of miracles as Jesus in Jesus' name that Jesus had performed in God's name. Confusing. Thus troubling. Whatever the reason they were troubled, the disciples were coming to understand that their world was about to change in immeasurable ways. There was nothing they could do to stop it, and their lives would never, never be the same. Sound familiar? And Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Well, all of the things they feared, well, most of the things they feared did come to pass. Jesus did die. Jesus did leave them. Their lives changed forever because they ended up becoming the leaders of the world-changing movement called Christianity. And in the end, many of them died for their work. And they are the reasons that we know Christ today. And in Christ, we know God. And in our relationship with Christ, we are never alone. We are never without the presence of Jesus in our lives. And we are here to hear these words in these troubling times Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am there, you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you know me, you will know my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. We have heard these words because the disciples went through what they went through because they experienced troubling times and because Jesus brought them through to the other side so that they could share these words with us today. Corrie Ten Boom, a fierce resistor of the Nazis who, along with her family, helped save the lives of many Jews during the Holocaust. Well, she wrote this. She said, Somebody said to me, When I worry, I go to the mirror and say to myself, this tremendous thing, which is worrying me is beyond a solution. It is especially too hard for Jesus Christ to handle. After I have said that I smile and I am ashamed. The fact is there will be some disappointing, if not devastating things happen in the midst of this pandemic. That is true. People's lives will be forever altered, and there will also be some amazing things that will come of this as well. Even though Jesus told them in so many different ways that he would be resurrected after he died, do you think that they had any idea Jesus' horrific death would result in such a beautiful Easter morning? That could not have happened without the crucifixion. Do you think the disciples could have foreseen the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descended upon them and over 3,000 people were converted at once? That could not have happened if Jesus had not left them. Do you think the disciples could have imagined that people all over the world would one day worship Jesus the Christ as their Lord and Savior? That would not have happened if they had not submitted to the changes that came to their lives through Jesus Christ. Yes, this whole thing is honestly more than troubling. It's terrifying if we really stop to think about the ramifications. But this is not too much for Jesus to handle, is it? There is nothing about this that rivals a crucifixion. There is nothing about this that is life, as life-altering as what Jesus and the disciples went through. And yet so much good came out of their trouble. If Jesus can turn that into salvation for the world, what do you think he can do with this? Can we imagine what will come? No, but Jesus can because Jesus already knows and Jesus is already there. So imagine the worst case scenario for you today. You lose your business or your job. You lose your home. You can't feed your family. You catch the virus, maybe you die. For me, the worst case scenario is that the people I love and adore catch COVID-19 and pass away. These are terrifying thoughts. And still, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going because I am the way and the truth and the life. Is this tremendous thing we're living through too much for Jesus to handle? Of course not. It's too much for us to handle for sure, but thankfully we are not the ones in charge, are we? But we believe in God through Jesus the Christ. We know Jesus, so we know God, and God knows us. We are sitting in God's hands, and God has great plans for us. Some of us will live out those plans starting here in this life. Others will live out those plans with the Father in his house, in their very own dwelling places, prepared just for them by Jesus himself. Either way, we love Jesus, and Jesus loves us, and Jesus is with us, and goes before us, and prepares a place for us. All will be well. No, no, that's wrong. All is well because we are already living in the kingdom of God. This tremendous thing is not too much for Jesus to handle because Jesus has already handled it. Don't worry about what you have lost or may lose in the future. Let us find peace in the knowledge that should there be any losses at all, and there may not be any, those losses will ultimately pave the way for all of us in this world now, and into God's house in heaven in the future. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Will you sing with me now hymn number 82, His Eye is on the Sparrow? For our communion meditation, I would like to invite you to participate. I have a responsive reading by Howard Thurman, a 20th century African-American theologian and preacher. You can find the responsive in your Friday reminders on the same page as the hymn, Kumbaya. If you don't have the email, that's okay. I will read one line and we will respond with the first phrase of Kumbaya. The second line will be followed by the second phrase of the hymn and so on. My parents and I will sing along, so you can follow us. O Holy God, open unto me, light for my darkness, courage for my fear, hope for my despair. Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. O loving God, open unto me, wisdom for my confusion, forgiveness for my sins, love for my hate kumbaya, kumbaya my lord kumbaya. o god of peace open unto me peace for my turmoil joy for my sorrow strength for my weakness kumbaya, my lord kumbaya. o generous god Open my heart to receive all your gifts. Oh, Lord, Kumbaya. On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again.
1: Lord Jesus, we miss your table, the table that comforts us all in normal times. In these troubled times, just the thought of getting back to your table comforts us. Lord, it seems in this crisis that, our, that we, are, we, your children, face on earth, we're constantly being tested. You're testing us. It seems you want us to see some example of love, and yet so many times we seem tempted to listen to our worst impulses, to give in to divisiveness. I pray, Lord, that we see your intent for this test, I pray, Lord, that we see the example of love that you want us to see, that you want us to be our brother's keeper here on earth. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: I invite you now to share in the meal, the body of Christ, the bread of life. the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Let us sing together hymn number 263, Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Please join me in the Litany of Remembrance. You can find it in the information about the podcast. By partaking in this meal, we remember that Christ was born. Christ died. Christ was raised. Christ Christ will will come come again. again. This is the mystery of our faith.
1: Thanks Thanks be be to God.
0: God. Amen. As you go from this worship service, go knowing that Jesus has gone ahead of you to prepare the way for you, and to prepare a place for you when you get there. You do not walk alone. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Go in peace. Amen.